1: Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I
2: could keep this Hey, this is Megan Rapinoe, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG Live
0: show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
1: What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. It has been a nice, calm, and peaceful weekend, but it's really about to ramp up in combat sports, We did have AEW, Double or Nothing, over the weekend, which we'll recap towards the end of this show. Make sure we give you guys a full rundown of what we thought of AEW's latest pay-per-view. Also, we'll talk a little bit of main roster, WWE, and touch on NXT for a quick second, but we might save that for the show later in the week. We wanted to start off with this weekend's biggest battle, and that was 112 versus Jagged Edge i say battle? biggest battle. Yeah, I mean, it was a battle. It was one-way traffic. It was a 112 squash match. But, I mean, that's what we thought it was going to be. And then it was just funny seeing all the people that thought, yo, Jagged Edge is better than 112, or Jagged Edge will come in and hold their own. And then about five songs deep, Jagged Edge had played the hits already, and they were like, uh, this is going to get ugly. Man, this this was never gonna be close. People have this this idea of
2: what Jagged Edge was, man, and it's not a real thing. Like Jagged Edge had what? Where the party at? They had let's get married, and then it had like 72 songs that were basically the same song over and over again. That was their career, except Pretty for the much. first album. I, I like I love the first Jagged Edge album. Shortest and sweet and to the point. After that, it, it just became like beleaguered affairs of listening. Like they were like long ass albums that promised to get married and make love and it was the same shit over and over again and like one party song dude this battle was nothing more than the scooby-dooing of Jagged edge it was like i knew it you guys have made the same song (laughs) for
1: 20 years same damn song what really crushed them is that 112's features are just on a different level so Jagged edge had like two or three remixes they tried to play them as separate songs so they got called out because they tried to play promise and then the promise remix like three songs later that's when you knew like yo this catalog is trash but then (laughs) (laughs) like when you got to repeat songs that early it's like yo you don't got it my man like back to the drum board at one point 112 just started styling on them slim played a solo track and crushed something jagged edge had played then there was the song that i think jagged edge wrote for 112 or was it opposite yeah no uh, 112 wrote it for jagged edge i think i don't 112 remember voted for jagged whichever way it goes 112 styled on them with that and then when only you came on they stopped it after 20 seconds it was like hold on hold on let us drop the remix they don't even got to drop it as two separate songs they're like you're gonna get all this heat and we got plenty still waiting for you it, it got it got dirty. They played Sky's The Limit" by Biggie. That's what what are you gonna do to that? It was that. See, that's why I was like, this wasn't the real battle. Ba- the
2: real battle was Beanie Man and Bounty Killer. That was the battle, and that shit was wasn't even like a battle. That shit was fun as hell. Like that was just, a they concert. Were, yo, that was fun. Like I watched that. I didn't get to watch that until after I watched One Twelve and Jagged Edge because i had been busy. But I was like, yo, this is how you do it. Except for the no social distancing part. Like they were just <laughs> all up in the video. But man, between that and Beanie Man's belly, that was a battle. Oh, you see Beanie Man's working out belly,
1: like, oh my god, come on. Good that, that guy, that's, that is the symbolism of stature in Jamaica. And shout out to all my island cultures. You ain't real until you get that belly. Boy. Then you, what? That's when you become a sex symbol. When you skinny, but you get the crazy round belly, that's hard as a rock. Yeah, that shit's like, that frick. takes Matt, yo, takes Matt Oxtail, just a ton of curry goats, about three years worth of Heineken. It takes a lot to get that belly in that shape. Man, this is some next level shit. Beating him in like he's been chilling. But, man, it was just...
2: Like, that was a battle. Like, 112, that was a a wash and rinse cycle. I don't know if it was worse. Was it worse than Ludacris washing Nelly?
1: Ooh. That's tough. Yes. It was. Just because Nelly had enough in the catalog where, like, okay, cool. Like, Luda's catalog is just better. Nelly didn't run out of stuff. Like, Nelly didn't bring his country hits into the battle because he had nothing else to play. You know, like, he didn't even show up with Tim McGraw. (laughs) Yeah, but Jagged Edge would have played that because they don't got nothing else. They were running on fumes early, and it was just – they were having a ball. I mean, 112 112 knew what it was. They were like, yo, we're going to come here. We're going to wash them. Puff is going to give us this check for Ciroc because we're promoing it every two seconds. And we're gonna get up out of here. And then Jagged Edge was like, What you all been waiting for? We're dropping a 20 song album.
2: Yeah, nobody's waiting.
1: And people were like, What? Like you can't you don't got 20 songs to play right now. Why are we gonna listen to a 20 song album? So it was it was a hot mess. This was probably the most lopsided battle we've had. I mean, it, it was pretty bad. Like, I, But I, it's, I just knew it, though. Like,
2: 112 played, now that we're done with, like, their third song, and I was like, yeah, we're done. We're done here. It's over. You guys can't compete. And they all, I mean, Spike, and then the technical issues. Is like, man, listen, I don't know who to blame this on anymore because now Versus is saying that they're sending people kits for these and some people just aren't using them. But between the static and Jagged Edge talking, you can't hear nothing, like, the quality's got to improve maybe because Instagram is now taking DJs out, they're trying to take DJs out and labels are trying to help them. Maybe we just need to take this shit off IG Live. Just
1: move it to a different platform. YouTube Live works so much better. Yeah, I mean. And you can tip. Like, you can tip, you get a little dough.
2: Yeah, I don't want this to happen. But it would actually be smart if, like, a title or Spotify got a hold of this shit or even an Apple, like one of them paid them enough money to do this to get the sound quality better, but I don't want that to happen. I, I want it to be free because, honestly, we don't need to do too many more battles. They're fun,
1: but once people you, start going outside, out, of, it's over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. and again, I understand, and I think uh, shout-out to Littlefoot who put this on Twitter, and we I've been saying it for weeks. It's okay to let a couple white people in. Like, I'm here for an NSYNC Backstreet Boys battle. Like, I'm okay with that. I, I just don't know
2: if they'll do it. I, again, I don't want, like, a Katie, Katie uh, what the fuck is her name? Katie no, <laughs> Perry? No, no, yeah. and Taylor no it's by that.
1: white. It, it's by invite only. It's like, well, you know, like, yo, you're invited to the barbecue for today. Not, not ever. You and your fans can come chill today. And then that's it. Like, no, don't go make your own. We'll bring them in, have them one off, they can keep it moving. Um, I'm not sure what's left in these battles. And you touched on that. Yeah, I think left. we're running out of momentum. No, I mean I could go I go what, boys to men boys versus members, new edition. No, Jodice. Jodice? I'm all right with that. That I would, I would, that. I would see that. I don't know what shape Casey is in right now. He ain't got to sing. (laughs) No, but you want to give that man a hot mic, a hot camera? Uh, That that might be a little crazy. But, um, no, we got that still out in the realm. We still got, um, you know, T.I. wants to do one. Snoop wants to battle somebody. Um, Snoop called out Puff. I don't understand how that equates. It doesn't. But... Whatever, so we we got some joints still out there. I would love to see Cube. If I can get Snoop versus Cube, that'd be dope. Yeah, we're not gonna get that either. I think what'll end just up straight ha- like, West Coast music.
2: I pitched one just because I was bored and I wanted to see how people would respond. A twenty, like a fifteen song versus fifteen song, No Limit versus Cash Money. And obviously, I'm I've never been a No Limit fan, not even that big of a Cash Money fan, but Cash Money should wash them. But it's interesting because I wanted to see how many people thought about it and was like, yo, like No Limits got like 8 trillion songs in like a calendar year. Because they dropped an album literally like every week
1: for a year. Yeah, but it wasn't like quality and heat on all of those. It depends on I mean, Mystical gets to bring his... Does Mystical get to bring his catalog? Yeah. If it's, if it's a No Limit release... Like, I think...
2: In fairness, no, not no
1: limit releases, like shake your ass, not watches, like if all it, that it, shit.
2: Only the shit on no limit. Like that would mean the Snoop Dogg album that paid the cost to be the boss would be on there. Like anything that was released under no limit. The only problem with cash money is you'd have to include Young Money. Which then brings in Oh, then Nicki, that's Drake. that's a runaway.
1: Yeah, that's yeah, what makes it a runaway.
2: But fair. if it was if we it was cash money versus no limit circa ninety six, ninety seven, was it ninety seven? To early two thousands before
1: Wayne's like ridiculous run really really like a hot no boy's. that's unfair though because Wayne was on just cash money for all of those that's so what I'm talking you about. can't exclude him No, 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 I no. Mean, but I'm you gotta saying, include like up to the Carter 3 that's what I'm saying
2: I'm saying really like the hot boys era stuff and yeah. like I mean that would make it would be interesting because I just like to see the nostalgia effect on how many people forgot how much shit no limit put out and I didn't like much of any of it. But I just know a ton of people, At once upon a time, there used to be like an argument. Cash Money or No Limit. And I was always like, well, Cash Money's got a better, more diverse catalog. Like, you play Bling Bling, I don't know. I mean, you could get me, you could say, uh, but I would be interested. I would be interested in seeing a 15-song versus 15-song battle. But it has to be a cutoff for bad. Cash Money because it, it would get out of hand. Because then you start playing Drake and Nicki and all like all the Wayne guest appearances, then it becomes a problem. But it has to be shit that's yeah, released in be. a certain
1: era when both were existing. I'd like to see that. Other than that, yeah, I don't know. Wayne is the Wayne is the Trump card there though. He is. Like Wayne, like even if you just count Carter two and before, there's so much on you get Fireman, you get the Destiny Child like feature he was on. There's just too much. No, too I, much th- in his catalogue. Um big timers though. Like big timers got some shit. They'd have to That's play like saying. some good big timers. Juvie's albums were slept on, but people. I mean, there was a time where just people <sighs>
2: swore by No Limit, and it, it's crazy. In my head, it was crazy then, and I was just there putting was it this out time? there. <laughs> yeah, there, dog. There was a time that No Limit was like literally on top of the world. You could not get away from them. People loved No Limit. Not me. I just remember everybody else talking about No Limit. I was like, Are you serious? This shit is not quality. Penny yeah, Pixel if was we're the going shit. Down...
1: <sighs> Let's see. Down south labels, again, it'd be Dungeon Family versus Cash Money. And then I think we can rock twenty and twenty. I mean, <laughs> if it's
2: Dungeon Family, it's like Outcast versus everybody. Outcast wins every time.
1: <laughs> yeah, Outcast, Goody Mob. You got the solo projects by Big Boy. You got uh, I think there was a solo Gip in there. I mean, they got good, some stuff. There's a fucking Goody Mob album there's two of them
2: that are outstanding yeah,
1: two, Let, two yeah like look, that. that's that's comparable that that can give cash money a nice little run cause there's more substance in the catalog for the dungeon family yeah the, the, there's gonna be so many people that disagree because they're gonna talk about Is there Wayne Big Mike in there nah yeah. there's some Big Mike tracks like Do, there's listen, a lot of shit in that catalog
2: there are so many people who swear by look I am not I'm gonna say this now people are gonna shoot me I am not one of the people that thinks Wayne is one of the greatest rappers of all time.
1: I don't. I think he's good. I don't think he's great. That's just me. But nah, you're I right. get it. It's like being the best wrestler in the WWE in 2007. Yeah, like, listen. Like, it's the era just wasn't what it was. No, I mean, Wayne was good. He had a, He had a fantastic run,
2: but I never thought he really talked about shit. And that's yeah. the type of guy I am. And I like people who
1: talk about shit so that's fair i never Whitney's thought a lot like alan iverson to me where you come between lebron and you come between lebron and jordan and you're really good but is alan iverson a top 10 player of all time no. no but he was the best like you know most notable player of that generation and at one time could say if he wanted to i'm the best basketball player alive just like and, and Wayne said, I'm the best rapper alive. But you're just filling a void no between there were people that used you know, to the go the Jay-Z Wayne Nas, Cole, and I'm like, are you nuts? New York it's heavy not era, and even it's like not. you know the Tyler's uh, and all the shit. People love Wayne filling that it. void. Yeah, until the you know the blog era that you started covering and took off. He was just right in the middle. Yeah.
2: and it's cool, but a Dungeon Family like the quality of Outcast releases. And the quality of the goodie mob and the quality of the dungeon family compilation. And then you have the big boy and Andre solo albums, you know, the speakerbox love below. That's a problem. I wouldn't even put it in a battle. It's too like it's like Jay-Z being in a battle. No thanks. It's too good. I don't need there's no
1: battle here. There's really not. No one's gonna agree with you on that. That that they just run away on cash money, I think they beat cash money. It's not even but a runaway. To, it's just, for to me, say it's not even a battle, like they're too good. No, I think no, no. People would it, argue that Cash Money could give them a run Of
2: course it could. But there's they don't have as many classics. Cash Money does not have as many classics as Outkast. So I can't, like, that's just. It's like putting Jay Z in a battle. It doesn't need to happen, it's totally unnecessary. Because he's above that shit. That's how I feel about Dungeon Family. Outkast would never be in a battle. You'd never see Andre three thousand involve himself in something so minuscule in his life. No. Cash money, maybe. Birdman I can see doing that. Manny Fresh I could see doing that. I can't see Wayne. Eh, maybe. I can't see Drake doing it.
1: I, I yeah, I don't that. Young money is a it. whole separate entity. Nah, nah, I don't think so. Um, I don't see Nicki doing it. And yeah, no, nah, I I would have to take all of that era kinda out of it. Just cash money with Wayne. Would be in that battle. So, yeah, and I again, I think Dungeon Family wins that. So, it's just one of those, like, okay, we're kind of running low on stuff, though. Like, do we get Dipset versus, like, Rough Riders? That's not bad. No, that's not bad. I gotta take like, that and just s- have Cam and Jada, just Cam and Jada, on the stream, but they can play shit from either camp. I would be here for the camp comedy more than anything else. Yeah, I can't have DMX on there. Just because I I saw the video of him calling out Jay. He's just unhinged. I mean. So Jada got to hold it down for Rough Riders. He's been unhinged. But I digress. Yeah. (laughs) Since he pulled the phone out the wall. Story that you tell a lot on the podcast. Um, No, yeah. So that was this week. And we'll see what, you know, to come. Shout out to Versus, especially for the Saturday battle. If you guys haven't watched it, go out there, find it. I believe it's on YouTube now. Um, Go watch it. If you're... You will become a reggae fan if you're not a reggae fan already. But growing up in the 90s, it was just so many classics. Um, I'm with you on that. The nostalgia was crazy. Yeah, And they crushed it. It was a live concert. So that was really dope on their end. what we're here to talk about, though, is combat sports. So let's kind of get into pro wrestling, because that's what this episode is for. And let's run around WWE for a second before we take a break and then get into everything AEW which dominated the weekend in pro wrestling. But WWE, we just saw Monday Night Raw. They brought fans back in. Uh, they're not really fans. They're the trainees from NXT. So it's a little different than AEW bringing in people actually on their roster, right? So you get the MJFs, you get uh, you know, Sean Spears, you get actual characters who play a role every week. These people are just trainees. Uh, the hockey things don't bother me. Because it's just an extra layer of protection. So that's cool for me. Like I thought that was a smart idea. I want to see someone bang on the glass. But it didn't seem like anyone did that. But looking into it. I thought it really elevated Monday Night Raw. And the promos hit way better. Like I, I think I liked every promo last night. Nikki Cross cut a hell of a promo. Yeah, she did. Um,
2: to me it just doesn't take away the fact that the product still sucks to me. I mean, I can't get past it. Uh,
1: I like the Kevin Owens match last night. Um, yeah, I mean, I, again, I couldn't find too many things wrong outside of the golfing segment. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> My God, this Dave and Buster's tournament continues, and they're
2: doing miniature <laughs> to golf. Like, come on! Do you guys not see this? What does this it was lead legit to? Golf. What does this lead to? That's that's what's becoming the question. What does this bullshit lead to?
1: <laughs> a match, right? Like they have to be even at the end of this and say the only way we could settle it is wrestling. Can we just get to that part, please? These aren't entertaining to, to, to me kill. at
2: all. Like the WWE's brand of comedy right now is we'll talk about what double or nothing did. It's just not the same. It's not funny.
1: It's like Vince funny, but it's like not funny. Vince isn't a funny guy. That's the problem. Shit, tell like, him that. Yeah, it's like you're a comedian, but you're having someone with no no type of sense of humor write your material. God, it's so and then you go on stage, and you're just like, fuck, I'm a bomb. Because the guy's not funny. It's like potty humor and puppies and big boobies and like a bunch of shit that's just not funny. It's
2: dated. It's dated comedy, right? And he can't go as cringe as he wants to because society has changed, so he's stuck with this shit. Like, there's so many things... Like, okay, so when you look at Raw, like, SmackDown, I don't even care. There's, like, nothing to talk about. But um, with Raw, it's, no. it's like, so the, the things that still get me are, like, Charlotte being involved in that match. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, yo, why is she on yeah, like, every show? Every show? Bianca Belair could have took that spot.
1: Where is Bianca Belair? Why call her up and she's doing absolutely nothing? yeah. She, that would have been a perfect spot for her to slide in because Naya was going to win anyway. I mean, even. Nattie was going to take the pin, have her do Charlotte's spots. Yeah,
2: even if Bianca wasn't in that match, she's just not working. And it's bizarre to me why you call her up and then find nothing to do with her. It's, except she's on Twitter showing that she sewed uh, Montez Ford's pants. Like, that's her job now? Like, th- this is no. This, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with her sewing Montez's pants because that's her husband. But. Come on, man. Why isn't she working? She's too good to be just sitting here doing nothing. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh let's see, Apollo Crews won the US title. Hooray. I'm happy for that. Um Naya being the number one contender. So here's the weird thing about Naya being the number one contender. She has never beaten Asuka.
1: Never. She's not going to. This, this is a big show mode.
2: She's 0 and eleven in matches with Asuka. Dating back what to NXT. Is that? <laughs> what a stat! Oh, like how? Like how do you just automatic? How are you the number one contender? Like you won the match, but you the spot. Yeah, no, yo, so. you. But you need the Cody rule. If you lose this one, no more title shots for you, and more importantly, no more shots against Oscar. Period. So whatever. There's that. Then there's this. I don't know, man. I can't figure out this Bobby Lashley thing. Like the whole pull apart thing at the end of Raw was so contrived and lame. Cause I, you can't convince me that this is a real feud. I don't care. There's nothing there. The real feud is MVP and Lana vying
1: for Bobby's heart. That's, that's crazy, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I like MVP in that role.
2: I like him in that role. I just don't like what they're doing Lastly, because it just doesn't feel like they built any momentum towards us. No, but
1: again, he looks more convincing as the guy who has to get beat by the champion. Like, he was more convincing than Corbin doing it. Yeah, I just right? just give me a reason to care. That's all I'm saying. Give me a reason
2: to care. Like, you know what I don't care about? His new full Nelson finish. I really don't care about that shit. It's a full what Nelson. What is that? Yeah. Like, yeah. Chris Masters used that shit, the Master Lock, lot. And it was hot for yeah, like what a was week.
1: What
0: was, like, was
2: his finish before this? It was, it was like that Dominator, kind of like what Far- Farouk used to do, I think. I don't know. It just looks bad
1: he hasn't won uh, in so long i couldn't tell you we would need to hit no up justin cares. ivy and ask him what it was in impact oh it was the spear an impact uh, yeah i'm so sick of the spear the spear is a finisher that needs to kind of go away too many people yeah the other thing i heard complaining about and i, I love that cody trolled on it which i didn't like the match too much but cody did some funny things and looking jake the snake dead in the eye and hitting the ddt and then saying, and I think JR at one point was like, I remember when that move was a finisher. <laughs> like that shit's incredible. <laughs> Cause we yeah. talk about that all the time. Like Canadian destroyers, like DDT, like these were devastating moves, super kicks. And now the shits are just throwaway moves. Yeah, n- nobody cares so, anymore. more. No, no, that shit's hilarious though. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think these two could put on a good match. It's, it'll probably be, Bobby Roode's best. or Bobby Roode. Bobby, it'll probably be, what happened to him? No, I don't know where the fuck Bobby oh, okay. Roode is. I, so we'll talk I, about I, him <laughs> when he surfaces again because I'll spend way too much time <laughs> trying to figure out where Bobby Roode is. No, it, it'll probably be Bobby Lashley's best match or opportunity to have a best match because, you know, McIntyre, I think they're figuring stuff out with him. So the countdown shit hasn't led to any finishes lately. Like, if you notice, he'll yeah. count down, Thank he'll God. miss, they'll wrestle for like a minute more, and then he'll hit that shit out of nowhere. Which is great.
2: But and you like you said, to, it
1: looks so much better.
2: It, you, but the thing is, the thing about it is like, the set, like, okay, against jobbers, or nobody's yeah. really a jobber in, in on the main roster anymore. You just beat no. names. But against guys that you're supposed to beat, it's okay to have to set up your finisher properly right like sweet chin music is fine to set up against a person you're supposed to be what you can't do is have drew mcintyre start hitting like the rko out of nowhere against everybody because then it becomes predictable because then you know if that countdown is happening he's never going to hit the shit so you got to kind of mix it up but again this is not drew's fault this is some shit they put on him they like, oh, get the crowd involved guess what guys there's no crowd
1: nobody gives a shit countdown yeah it's useless Oh. Now the crowd is somewhat back. Um, there was a report because yeah. they started taping again. So they taped this week's stuff and next week's stuff. So two Raws, two Smackdowns in one day. There was a report that those NXT trainees had to be there for every show and had to stand for eight hours straight. Because <laughs> they couldn't sit down. It was Good like, it's ten hour, 10-hour 10 day. That sucks. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah because there was no seats no nothing aw at least has seats uh no this was standing room only and they filmed back to back to back to back so talent got a break but the nxt dudes in the crowd nope and i'm I'm not even that mad at it Fuck it they're paying you for a reason like you're collecting a check you can stand for 10 hours one day every two weeks yeah i mean i
2: guess that's cool but you know uh the only other thing from raw is they're still sticking with this greatest match of all time thing? The greatest wrestling match what of all time. What is with, with that? Each. Yo, the only the only good result, the only real result that could possibly happen is they ring the bell, Randy Orton hits so RKO
1: and pins him. That would be fantastic. <laughs> that that's how you. I you, mean, that's how you do it. You have to troll your way out of this one. Yes, because
2: tro- you you've gone too far. This shit is nobody's buying this shit. Have this match either end in an immediate spear or an immediate RKO. One, two, three, let's all go home. And I would laugh. Because I'd be like, excellent troll job. But if they try to actually... I think the WWE just tries to take themselves too seriously at times. And this is one of those moments. Like, no, man. There's no way in hell this will be the greatest match
1: of all time. Edge is cutting no. A1
2: promos, Good promo, but I don't care.
1: Yeah. Now, that's what I was thinking. Good promo by Edge. Um, man, I like Kevin Owens coming back into the picture. Seth Rollins cut one hell of a promo. I don't get this Rey Mysterio retirement thing.
2: But maybe that okay. leads
1: to him versus Rey Mysterio in an actual retirement match at Backlash. I doubt which it. Which might be cool. I, I just okay. Again,
2: this is this is like basic level shit. We all know like contract signings end up in turmoil, right? Retirement yeah. announcements, when you have the person who hurts you present at the retirement, is not a retirement. We all know it. Why even announce it? Like why on Twitter they announced it that Seth Rollins would be hosting it. What? How? Come on They gotta yeah, stop We know he the shenanigans are coming Yeah but like c- Don't project it that hard Shit Nobody believes he's yeah. really retiring But
1: now this Come on Yeah what? Just have Seth show up Yeah And interrupt the retirement and You don't gotta put everything out there It can't be simple um, Why does everything have to be so complex with the WWE And trying to make us buy into nonsense i not buying it I guess that's how the Vince McMahon brain works yeah, and then Until meanwhile we have
2: on something. The, the I, I still don't understand why this shit is sponsored by Dave and Buster's. They need to figure
1: that one out. <laughs> they're they're missing a bag. on now one. I don't, man. I don't. I couldn't even tell you who the SmackDown Tag Team Champions are. There's uh, still two different belts, right? Oh, the New Day. New Day,
2: yeah. I told you, the New Day get the title when they have nothing to do with them. Like now that they've pulled Otis out, and what? There's nothing to do now that Usos are hurt. You just, that's a safe tag team with the titles. New day. Here you go.
1: Nothing to do with them. Yep. Just coast until Xavier comes back. Maybe that'll be like a mild, like pop. Like Xavier Woods is back. Um, Iconics not broken up yet. Should I hold out hope that they heard the booze on Twitter and decided not to break them up? I hope so. Because, golly. I mean, they already them the hurts. Belts.
2: It. Let them rock. It, yeah, but it already hurts that you don't really give a shit about these titles. And so it's like, to get rid of an actual tag team that can hold the titles, even though they're not really good as a tag team. I mean, they're good together. They're not good wrestlers. That finisher is
1: whack, by the way. <laughs> oh, I like the new finisher. No, it
2: looks terrible. They can't, They can't. can't. It was a
1: magic killer, right?
2: Yes, but they can't hit it right. It doesn't look like it hurts.
1: It looks like they nah, softly let soft. each other down. Yeah, it was, it was very pillowy soft. But I was like, oh, they're doing the magic killer. Yeah, but you got to do it right, man. Yeah, it it didn't look good. I was really hoping... The only thing is, if they do split, uh, if What's-Her-Face takes Ty Dillinger's old finisher, that'd be great. Justin's like, uh, my man's not here, but do his finisher. That'd be a funny, like, mini-troll to hit that. Um, But then I'll get tired of it, because, like, Britt Baker for a second was doing adam cole's finisher and i was like oh this shit's whack so we'll see how you know everything else plays out we'll talk about nxt more later in the week or on the next show because we're gearing up for in your house and that'll take up a large segment in itself so we'll touch on that at another time let's hit this pay the bills come back and then we'll discuss everything that is AEW double or nothing ton of talk about there so you guys stay tuned we'll be right back All right, we'll get back to the show in one second, but first, there's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, BetOnline. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7, or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free.
2: And coming up next Sunday, BetOnline has ex-Chicago Bulls, Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining them to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution.
1: Alright, just that quick, we are back and it's time to talk AEW, Double or Nothing. Dre, <laughs> as soon as this was done, I, you didn't watch live, right? No. I don't know what you were doing. You didn't watch live, though. So we're in the group chat. We're watching. Um, oh, your stream sucked. Like you were trying to like buy it and just you gave up for a second. So watching in the group chat, talking to everyone, and then following along on Twitter, by the end of this, people were like, yo, that's an 8.5 out of 10 pay-per-view or a nine out of ten pay-per-views oh my god it's so incredible um <laughs> the stampede is the best match i've ever seen best wrestling match and i'm just like yo shout out to my my guy big mac but i was like the hyperbole is running wild tonight i was like yo it, it's it's bananas i just i thought it was a good pay-per-view we'll go through the whole thing But why is it that some people Like AW is not shiny and new anymore Why do people still feel The need to Make everything into gold That they do Like how long can that literally last And how long until that becomes a detriment On the company Like you have to call a spade a spade Everything can't be great Because then you're setting up for a long fall I mean it's the alternative right That's what people want And the alternative
2: is much better than what's out there right now so people immediately are going to say that this is the best thing ever. Now, to be clear, I thought the stadium stampede was excellent. I loved every minute of that. I thought,
1: I, it was, I thought it was very entertaining. It was hilarious. I don't think it was the best wrestling match ever. No, I think it was something completely different that was that
2: incorporated wrestling. So it wasn't like the Firefly Funhouse at WrestleMania. Um, it didn't go terribly cinematic, except for the Matt Hardy stuff, which was phenomenal. Uh, but it, it it had its own sense of comedy in there the northern Light suplex for 100 yards um <laughs> you know Adam page at the bar which like it was for a match that I believe was like 40 minutes there was not yeah, a dull 45 moment. there wasn't a dull moment in that match I laughed and enjoyed myself the entire match that match was great in terms of pure wrestling it's not the same thing you can't judge it by an Okada, like you can't. But in terms of pure enjoyment, I enjoyed the hell out of it. That being said, Double or Nothing was to me the worst of AEW's pay-per-views. Reason being, I agree. Reason being is like as great as that match was, there the middle part of that show dragged. The Sean Spears Dustin Rose match sucked and was completely unnecessary. And I don't like. All right. Look, when they signed the, like, the rest of Formerly Known as Ty Dillinger, I was like, Man, second lease on life for his career, they could do something with him. No, it sucks. It doesn't work. It's over. It it, yeah. it just doesn't work. It's terrible.
1: And yeah. Dustin hasn't the, been doing great work either. It's not good. Yeah. The other match now, the perfect ten gimmick was, was his best thing. Yeah. And he really can't use it. And it shows that, you know, there's nothing else outside of that. And the genius of Ty Dillinger was he was the best jobber which made the perfect 10 gimmick funny because he's like, I'm perfect, but he never wins. Everyone knew this. His job was to lose. Um, here it's taken way too seriously, and he's taken too seriously, and it's just a, a weird role for him.
2: Yeah, so that match wasn't good. Um, I Hold on, let's not... go down the
1: card. Okay, down all right, the card. All, right,
2: all right. We'll do that. All right.
1: It's the easiest way to do it. So um, Best Friends versus Private Party it was on the pre-show. I'm not sure if you saw it.
2: Yeah, I saw um,
1: it. It was alright. Private Party still needs a little more seasoning. But this is why they have a pre-show. Yeah. Here's my thing about Private Party. Their offense still
2: looks very choreographed. And when you choreograph offense like that, because their moves don't hit as hard as they should, they look like they really think about their moves before they hit them and then they end up botching them. So when you botch a move, that, you, that was like a, a dance choreography because you see the setup, you see it coming, and then it happens that either it A, doesn't land as hard as you think, or B, is just totally botched. It, they're green. They're very green. Not saying yeah. say that they can't improve, but right now, they need work. And it's totally fine for them to be on on uh, pre-show and losing a match to the best friends. It was like, duh, they were going to win.
1: Yeah. No, I, I like that. I think it works really well. So, They got stuff to work on. The athleticism's there, but like you said, it's it's like you're counting steps in dance. You you can't do that. You can't go one, two, three, four, five, six. Like you can't. Like you'll look robotic. Like it has to become natural. It has to become second nature, and that's what they're working to get to. Um, To kick off the actual show, casino ladder match for the future AEW World Championship match. And I believe I hit this right on the button. So Darby Allin, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, um, Frank Kazarian, which I don't even remember any spots with him. And Luchasaurus, who had a couple of spots. So that was the field. And then the last person to come in, Brian Cage. Perfect. What made it whack for me is that Taz came out, introduced him, and Taz is his manager. Another vet? Why? Like, it? it's getting too repetitive. Yeah. They're going to the well one too many times. This would have been fine in a vacuum. If it was just
2: Taz and just Brian Cage and maybe even Lance Archer and Jake the Snake, cool. But you've already put Tully Blanchard with Sean Spears. You've put Arn Anderson with Cody Rhodes. This is becoming a trend. I like Taz and Brian Cage by itself, but it's just too much. So, yeah, I, I didn't like that. The match itself wasn't that good. The problem with this match was.
1: Well, I ha- mean, come on, come on, dude. That Orange Cassidy stole the show. Of course he did. And I'm, but, I'm not, but here's the thing.
2: It wasn't a bad match. It was underwhelming. For the participants that you had in this match, and especially with Brian Cage who spent like a good five to ten minutes under a goddamn poker chip, there's so much shit you could have done in this match. Because between Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, uh, Scorpio Sky and Kazarian, and some comedic spots by Cole Cabana, and Luchasaurus and his size and athleticism, they really could have went balls to the wall with this match. I felt like this was a soft touch standard ladder match. It, Brian Cage's athleticism is ridiculous. And he got to show like his power, but I felt like for a ladder match with such high stakes, I thought it underwhelmed. I thought it was fine. It wasn't bad. It just kind of underwhelmed. It was just a run-of-the-mill ladder match.
1: No, yeah. I mean, it opened up. It reminded me of when WWE would open up every mania with that ladder match for a couple years. The IC title match. And I was like, cool, we're going to get some of the same spots. It's going to bring that same energy. And to me, it didn't. And this started what I believed was an odd booking of the show. So the reason this show is the worst out of all AEW shows for me is because it went to that WWE, like, roller coaster format. It didn't have the natural build of prior AEW shows or New Japan shows where it's, you know the young green wrestlers first and less stakes and as you build up the card you get more more stakes more stakes, more stakes. and you build all the way through this one had a different vibe too so i it it led it to be a little bit weird to me so yeah I, I don't know the guy had picked one so that's cool i thought he would win but yeah i wasn't in love with the latter match either and then we had a, a match that was shockingly good to me and i was surprised mjf versus jungle boy one of the best matches of the night because nobody expected this
2: (laughs) i don't think anybody expected this out of those two they got great chemistry these two could work and i think more than anything else it gives mjf wrestling credibility that he doesn't need shenanigans to win all the time he went clean as a sheet with a uh what the hell is the name of that roll-up? It's the roll-up that Zack Sabre uses. I can't even think of the name right now. But to use that, like, this was a great match with Near Falls. It was a, a tremendous powerbomb spot. Like, this, these two worked their asses off. And at this point, I was like, oh, this is going to be a pretty goddamn pay per, good pay-per-view because it's only going to get better from here. Boy, was I wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, you think, like, that's the the moment it starts to ramp up. And, yeah, it just kind of it was weird because shout out to mjf who showed like yo he could wrestle his ass off when given the time 17 minutes uh had good psychology it reminds me a lot of uh, marty Skrull's matches yeah where yeah he's still not the best of wrestlers but he knows what he can do and he does that shit very well
2: that's that's actually a fair comparison.
1: i like that yeah you find really good places in matches to get your stuff off and it works really well when it's supposed to so i i think those two are very similar so i like that match um then after it what should have kept the momentum but it didn't was cody with Arn anderson versus Lanch archer for the awtnt championship which isn't the real championship because maybe it didn't get delivered on time i i don't know the belt what first off what do you think of the belt i mean the belt's not done so the, they said it
2: was because of the coronavirus that they couldn't get it completed. Whatever the case is, they they explained it during the broadcast. So when people were shitting on it, I was like, "Yeah, I can see why." But they clearly just said that that's not the belt. So I'll reserve judgment until I see the real one, which they've posted pictures of. But I need to see it, see it. But yeah,
1: you know what I've realized? It's
2: definitely better than this.
1: Yeah, what it's, it's definitely better than the one they paraded out.
2: What I've realized over the years is that we kind of hate every belt that that comes out. When we see it, for the most part, <laughs> like yeah. so,
1: at a certain point, I'm just like, you know what? I don't really care. Twenty four seven title is like shit. Um, I mean, yeah. it still does. But speak for yourself. I really like the North American title in NXT. Yeah, I mean, I like the AEW's actual title. I like that title. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't get caught that one's up nice too. But dude, yeah. So it's like what it's what you do with the title. N- less about what it looks like, unless your title's bright purple for no fucking reason. Or so Spins. thankfully they change. Yeah, changed a cruiserweight one to a black title. Like, it should have been all along. Yeah. So, we get here, bright-ass red title. Mike Tyson is also there. And on our show later on in the week, we're going to talk about Tyson and him being in a news cycle. And I swear to God, the best heel-to-face turn I've ever seen in my life. It's incredible. So, Tyson's here. And I'm like, cool, he's going to give out the belt at the end of the match. But then the match plays out. One, everyone knows, if you listen to this podcast by now, if you don't, you're for a rude awakening. I do not think Cody Re- Cody Rhodes is a good wrestler in rings. I do not. I think... Oh, crack that claw for this. Um, no, I always thought he was great at building characters. Dashing Cody Rhodes, started, whatever character he was given, it was gold. He can speak on the mic. He's charismatic. He's proven to be a good businessman now. It is great. In ring he is not a great wrestler and it shows again. Him and Lance Archer, he honestly he's had two probably good matches in AEW Cody that is. His best one with Dustin and a lot of that played on the nostalgia of his father Dusty. Using Dusty's moves, use some blood, that's cool. But when you got to wrestle like yourself and not your father, he runs into problems. And to me, that's what we saw in this match. And then they got into this weird Bizarro uh, storyline where Arn Anderson gets kicked out doing heel shit, which I don't get. And then Jake the snake was like a, of the face for a second. And then Jake gets kicked out, but then Jake comes back in with the snake and Tyson's the face and Jake is the heel again. And all this shit is just taken away from the actual match, which isn't that good. All to lead to Cody go over and take the title anyway. In a match we thought Lynch Archer should have won, and it was tailor-made for him to be the guy to hold the mid-card title as an asshole heel. And then now it's like, okay, Cody got it. Does this feud continue? Does it end? It it was very weird. And Tyson with his fucking shirt off, flexing, scary. I I didn't get it. To me, nothing in this match worked. All right.
2: First of all, I don't think the Cody Dustin Rose relies on – Dusty, I thought that was just a really good match. I don't think it, re- it relied on nostalgia because a lot of matches do that and they still suck. That was a really good match. I, I can't blame them anything else about two guys who put together the match of their life against each other. They're brothers. But this match, it was, in the beginning, it wasn't bad. It was a fine match. and what I think my issue with the match is that that final stretch that usually is where things heat up ended up being a final stretch of bullshit shenanigans and that's where this match totally lost me because while it was happening I was like alright that's cool it wasn't a, like a tremendous match it was serviceable um, but then yeah the Arn Anderson shit the Jake the Snake shit Tyson just looked like he enjoyed himself way too much like he looked like he was having a blast and, <laughs> right, except for the time he was yawning yeah and so it was like the match the match was too long I don't, how long was this match it felt like it was really long but it, maybe it wasn't. Twenty-two minutes. It's too long. Twenty-two minutes. It was way too long. It was the long, the third longest match of the night, and that and that's behind the two matches with multiple people. So it was a, the, easily it was longer than both the title matches, uh, the, both of the main title matches. I just, yeah, it, it wasn't a good match. And Cody matches have become performances to an extent. Whether it's the entrances, whether it's the interference, there's something involved that doesn't rely heavily on wrestling. There's some kind of gimmick involved in the match. Blood, whatever it is. This gimmick was the old guys yelling at each other. And I didn't like it. So, this, like, 22 minutes of this was just too much. And yeah, I was over it. I was over it. Cody wins the title. I thought Lance Archer should win the title. Whatever. I want to see where this leads to with Cody. Who's going to get the title off of him? And I'm kind of, you know what, to be honest with you, which we'll talk about like towards the end, Brian Cage winning, I wish it would have been for the first crack of the TNT title, but I'll explain that a little bit later. That would
1: have made a lot more sense. Um, Really, what they got, is it time, is it time to just have this conversation and admit as much shit as Cody did When he first, you know, the first pay-per-view, I think it was double-nothing, and they bring the throne out, and the sledgehammer, and taking the shot at Triple H and all this shit. It's time to admit that Cody Rhodes is just Triple H. No. Like, this, Cody Rhodes is the game. When Triple H left DX, and he was by himself, and he's the game, it was all entrance, it was cool little promos, it was big pops, and it was lacking a true substance in the ring. Yeah. Cody wrote, it was a slow, methodical pace. It was, it, the matches really didn't hit a second gear. It, Triple H had a couple of them too. Cody had the one with his brother. Triple H bled, and him and Foley had some good ones. Like, Triple H caught, you know, lightning in a bottle a couple times too. But if you did a split screen of an entire Cody match from entrance all the way through the match and finish, including going over on people constantly. Cody and Triple H are the same damn person. They're yeah. not like Archer went over on Cody. No one's gone over on Cody. Every other member of the elite has been booked modestly. Like, they've gone beyond themselves to put other people over. Cody has not. Cody does not. MJF. One person to be Cody. Tell. He lost to yes. Jericho. He the lost title? his title fight. He lost his title match. Oh, Moxie debuted last year.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: I mean, Cody, cool. Cody is cool. not, like, no, no, no. Cody is not putting,
1: p- dude. Cody is Triple H. No, he's not. Triple H ran the company. He was. Oh, I can't wait until Scorpio Sky is the challenger. Scorpio Sh- Sky should win this TNT belt. And Cody goes over on his ass too. Duh. I would just it's post too a picture early to say this. of like, Scorpio Sky duh. on Booker T's body. You're bugging. Triple H's <laughs> reign of terror
2: lasted forever. Like Triple yeah, H yeah, like Triple H's H- range and he
1: didn't put any uh anybody over. Like even Shawn Michaels. No, that's that's untrue. He put over people Who? in evolution. When when? At the end of his run? At the end of like nine years? Like, look, look, look. I was
2: and it's funny that you bring this up, That like, was like 2005, I was, right? I was that's watching. At like the end this, of nine years. It was four years I, deep. I was Four fucking years. Let me explain this shit. Let me explain this shit. Even Shawn Michaels, when Shawn Michaels came back, who did he feud with? Triple H, right? Street Triple Fight. Triple H. Yep. Do you know how long Shawn Michaels held that title for Triple H got that shit back? Forty days. You know who else went over on Triple H and gave it right back? Goldberg. When Goldberg was hot, Triple H put nobody over. Nobody. Every time that he, he lost the belt to somebody, he got the shit right back. Every time. Every time. Look at it. Just take a look. He booked himself in Well, he booked himself or Vince booked him. Whatever it was, Triple H was always at the top of the card in the main event. Jericho feud. Angle feud. Every single feud that involved the title, Triple H was booked at the top of the card. Cody is not doing that.
1: No, Cody's at least in the mid card. That's not bad. Many Triple H then. How no, about this? Can no, I get, can I give a mini age? No, no, it's too soon. Like AEW hasn't even been here a full year yet. Like double or nothing uh, was an anniversary and, and my dynamite My favorite th- tweet was Cody Rhodes Helmsley. No, it's, it's I need a shame. shirt. It's not like
2: if if Cody won the title and was putting himself over on everybody, like dude, yeah, we dumb. can't forgive Triple H for what he did to Booker T. Cody's done nothing no. even close to that.
1: Cody put over MJF. <laughs> He put over MJF. That was a good match. Like, yeah, he squashed. He squashed old boy who never recovered. Wardlow, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he did a uh, put over MJF. Like you so can't. That, I mean, but. Then, theoretically, MJF should have been in this tournament and winning this belt, but it was kind of like, yo, MJF beat me, he's the better man, we built this fucking four-month program out of it, he won the program, and then he went off to do nothing, he got a ring, and then we introduced the secondary title, and I win that anyway. So, yeah, he beat me, but did he beat me? No, I got the belt, you shouldn't have the belt, he's the better man, we just proved that. So that's weird. You got to that's weird. It was a four-month program, and the loser gets all the accolades, and MJF is fighting Jungle Boy.
2: Well, MJF was also hurt, and there was a pandemic. The kind of derailed a lot of shit that was going on. All right. Because, yeah, yeah even the stadium Stampede like match is supposed to be blood and guts. So, like, to, to that argument, like, a lot of these guys couldn't even work because we haven't seen Pac. We haven't seen, like, Phoenix just started working. We haven't seen Pentagon. Like, this pandemic has disrupted a lot of plans.
1: Phoenix might be hurt. He is hurt. Nobody caught his ass. <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible, horrible dynamite that was in terms of like luck, right? That wasn't even luck. That was just it pure was bad stupidity. luck. Like, how did nobody catch this? Britt meeting? Baker. Yeah. Oh, and that's the next match. I guess we got to talk about is Statlander versus Penelope Ford because Britt Baker gets injured. It was only a five minute match, Drake. God, it felt. But like But this was, was a bad five minutes felt like forever statlander starts doing random cartwheels i counted 12 of them randomly in the middle of a match for no reason this
2: this match wasn't good it it was and again this is to your point about like this like album sequencing like match sequencing where it was at was a bad spot because you already had yep. a i mean I, I don't think they predicted cody and lance archer wouldn't be a good match but it was like we went from that to this Ugh. This middle part this middle part of the show just dragged. And yeah, you're right, it's a five-minute match, but it felt like it was forever.
1: I wanted the match yeah, to match it so good. bad. Oh. And then uh, followed up by Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears, with Dustin Rhodes sneaking Sean Spears with the help of Brandy Rhodes as a distraction, and then beating Sean Spears in three minutes. Dude. Why does Dustin Rhodes need to win matches? I think I've asked this question before. He does why is he winning matches in twenty twenty? But let me explain why? why this match was
2: so bad. It wasn't even the fact that Dustin went over. It was like they tried this comedy shit with like Sean Spears ass out and then him having Tully Blanchard oh, on man. his underwear. Like did pull his ass out. It was so yeah. bad. It was just it was like bad old school WWE humor, and I'm like, and I was literally looking at my t- TV, going, "Who booked this shit?" Because this was bad. <laughs> this this was so bad. And at this point, this is where I was like, "Yo, this is not a good pay per view. It's not." Yep. That like the, at that particular moment, I was like, "Ah, this is really underwhelming." The fact that n- nothing against MJF and Jungle Boy, but to that point, had the best match of the night. I was like, "Ah, oh, that's not good." But alas, there no. we were.
1: Yeah, it didn't start off great, and then uh, we did have after this where the kind of pay per view picked up a little, and a match I really liked, Sheeta versus Nyla Rose. Yeah. So I thought, but this is their second good match. Yeah. Because they did this on a Dynamite show, and it was really good. Um, and Nyla won that one. So then you you look at it again; these two just have good chemistry, and Nyla shows she can play that like monster heel. Very well, because when it is her time to sell, she takes really good bumps and sells her ass off. A very different than Naya Jax. if we compare two of you know the same type of characters in title feuds now. Um, we didn't touch on it, but Naya is just you know, I, I like Naya's look, and she's a great person. Um, she just misses spots a lot and sometimes injures people. I mean. <laughs> In some ways, she's very
2: similar to Nia Jax. Yeah.
1: I mean but but better kinda. She's better. Right. I think she's better. I'm not bugging, like Nyla Rose is better. Yeah, but um there are the injury spots. And this like, match showed that. Yeah. yeah. Like Sometimes you just you don't know your own strength. But this match, Sheeta and it being you know no DQ, uh Sheeta afterwards posted a picture and the welts on her back from that candlestick are crazy. And that's one of the things where I'm like, maybe Nyla hit her too hard. Like maybe she doesn't realize her strength.
2: Dude, yeah, I mean, there's a couple things here. Like, Sheeta is really good, is what we've really come to realize. Like, she's just really good. The problem is- She's the best they got. The problem is, is that she hasn't shown a lot of personality to connect with the character. But the matches Mm -hmm. are really good. Um, I do have a question. This is something we didn't talk about at the top of the show. I wonder, with the unfortunate passing of Hana Kimura, did they change the finish in this match? I, I'm i not saying that they did, but I wonder. Because it felt very early for Nala Rose to lose this title. It She just
1: got the shit. It did.
2: But it maybe did. they've already booked this. I'm just very curious. Um, and kudos to AEW's commentary team for actually talking about this the, the, the passing of Hana Kimura and the pa- passing of Shad like they talked about both of them a lot yeah. and I, I thought they did well with hand, how they handled it it's like they didn't fawn over too long they touched on it uh, Excalibur called you know bullying on, on social media very deplorable and we gotta do better I, I, I yeah. dug that it just it made me wonder like when it happened I was like man it's like really good feel good moment I was like I wonder if they changed the
1: finish you, you touch on the the commentary. This was the best night I've seen Jim Ross have in years. He, yeah, it looks like he needed that pandemic time off. Right? Like, four or five years. He, he added so much to this pay-per-view, especially that Stampede match. You know, like, he wasn't taking himself too seriously. He messed up at one point, and I think he called it the um, – tna championship yeah he did and like laughed at himself he was like god damn it what what am i even talking about right now go to break like he was just f- funny like he he was sharp that's the word it was and it's been a long time since i've seen and heard jr be sharp
2: yeah
1: and he was on it yeah no he was he was really he was good. on it i mean they were uh, Excalibur's
2: always really good Right? Excalibur is good, yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm. Tony Schiavone is just Tony Schiavone, so he's always going to be good. But when JR doesn't take himself too seriously, and actually, like, sometimes he goes a little too far with his jokes, but for the most part, here, he was just really sharp at laughing at the right things and pointing out some silly things that are happening in the show. Like, not ignoring yeah. things. That's, that's something that WWE commentary does. When there's a botch, they fucking ignore it and they act like it never happened. When everybody saw it, and you're like, dude, yeah, call that a botch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it didn't hit Outside with the end. i Corey Graves. Corey Graves is, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good at calling shit. Like, oh, he didn't get all of it or it didn't connect. Got enough. Like, Corey Graves calls some shit. But, yeah. But, now but, this, like, JR's just, I was, I was refreshed by it. I was like, cool, man. It's, it's nice to see him doing well. Yeah, yeah. But this match was a really good match. I didn't know what to expect out of this match.
2: I still don't no. really get why it was a no DQ match, but it worked. The, the match itself worked.
1: Like, yeah, worked. it added that little bit of physicality. And it, it bended belief, right? So it kept Nyla strong. Right. Because of that. Like it had to be a no DQ for Sheeta to have a true chance. Yeah. So I, I like that. It it extended belief where it needs to be. Unlike this Naya Jax match where I think, you know, she's just gonna lose clean as a sheet to Asuka. Again. Who's a third of her size. Yeah. Like it how are you going to explain that? Kyrie Sane's gonna jump her? Like, is Oscar still a heel? Like, you, you don't, there's no way to logically not hurt Nia Jax and make her look like the Big Show. Here, Nyla Rose didn't look like she was getting the Big Show
2: treatment.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So, really well done. 60 minutes, got to the points, hit their spots, was a good match. Um, then we have Moxley versus Brody Lee. To me, it's rinse and repeat with Moxley matches. Um, It's another one where this shit might as well have been a no DQ as well. Like, there's no difference between this and the rules in Sheeta and Nyla Rose. Uh, None. They weren't hitting each other with candy Moxley lives on, okay, but Moxley lives on the outside. They were on the outside for three straight minutes. I'm like, yo, is there no count without a count? Without, you know, the feigning of just acting like you want them to get back in the ring. I'm just like, all right, man. Like this is this is just what it is. All right, fuck it. Um, and then to me, it was a cool match, but it wasn't great. I I would call it good because it wasn't bad. Average is average lower than good. That yes. that's where I would put it. Like it did nothing for me necessarily, but it didn't hurt Moxley. Like I just don't know. I mean, the character's great. He's a great person, put the belt on. I, I just don't know what I expected from him in terms of being a wrestler. Like, I guess he was who he was when he got here. Like, what? Why was I expecting New Japan to come out of him or something? You know, like I have to now change my mentality and my expectations because I was watching this match and I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck. Like, he's not going to be Kenny Omega. No. I don't know why I keep expecting something like that. Yeah, Maybe I'd enjoy not. the matches more if I didn't. I mean, he was a CZW deathmatch guy. Like that's what yeah. He was. Like what are you expecting out of him? He's not. He's never. And that's even kind of him. who he is. Yeah. Like I, I, just I don't know why I expect him to leave and then become a wrestler's wrestler. So when I watched this match, I was like, "Oh, it's average." And then I thought about it after, and I was like, "No, it's all right. It was good." I mean, Brody Lee. The best is yet to come. I think he's a guy you'll get more out of him when he wrestles a wrestler's wrestler. But for what it was, I was like, "All right, it's it was a WWE pay-per-view caliber match between these two guys. They could have done the same thing as Dean Ambrose and Luke Harper. The same match, like it it would have been the same, this just had higher stakes. And then, you know, Brody Lee lost, but he didn't attack. He just kind of cowered in the corner after his loss. He really didn't show any emotion. I, I don't know. I, did, I didn't like that part. Like, why let Ambrose just celebrate in your face? Don't call him Ambrose. Um, oh, shit. Moxley just yeah. celebrating your face. Like, I don't. It, to me, it left a lot unresolved. And now is the point in which I, I talked to you right afterwards. And I was like, all right, you'll see tomorrow. But now it's like the feud is just going to be over because Cage is about to get the next title shot at Moxley
2: okay so the good about this match I thought it was really physical that's what Moxley brings I thought Brody Lee made a good account for himself I and mean, I think yeah the best is yes, get to come with Brody because he's he's a bruiser I thought I thought it was a good match I didn't think it was great That was a really good match okay. um the uh the paradigm shift on the ramp outside I thought it was a good spot um I mean know some brutal spots in here. these guys took some hard bumps um my problem with the match is the way that Moxley won. And, again, if this was a blood feud and this is how we ended the feud, cool. But it wasn't. It was Brody Lee's, like, third match in AEW. And, I, first of all, I love the fact that he kicked out at one. I, actually, I was like, oh, good shit. Keep it strong. <laughs> then he gets choked the fuck out. Which, in fairness, in a blood feud would have been great. A guy who's perceived as unbeatable, you can't pin him, so you need to choke the life out of him and basically try to kill him. I would have liked that. But this is like his first major match, and he loses. Clean. And I'm like, what do you do with him now? That's my—that's what I said when they booked this feud, because he can't beat Moxley. You can't beat him, so you're going to lose to him. But if they're doing Cage versus Moxley at Firefest, what does this do with Brody Lou I'm confused here. I, and this is what I was gonna say from the top of the show. I don't like Brian Cage getting an immediate title shot at all. How do you establish this man? I mean, I, I know what they're going to do. Is it gonna like shoehorn this feud and make it really like boost it up really quick? But I think Brian Cage is the guy. Like, I would have liked to see him beat Cody for the title, and that's a way to establish him because we all know he's gonna
1: lose to Moxley. Oh yeah. So why do it? I don't know. You. You bring in two good-sized, good-charactered heels to lose right off the bat, and that's just weird. For, I mean, like, for me,
2: the bigger issue is because you're going to, with the Brody thing, if this is it, you're burning through contenders quick, which means you're probably going to have to take the title off of Moxley relatively fast if this is what your plan is, like, every month he's in a new feud. You can't do that. I thought the Brody Lee thing should have ended with him escaping with a victory and either brody just punishing him after the bell and like like establishing the feud as a blood feud to get to this particular match which then it could have been a no dq match and it would have made sense but now it just feels like it's over and that's weird
1: yep not very weird so like you said it's just going way too fast they need to slow it up a bit um fighter fest and then their next pay-per-view after that is in september so, to go through just another challenger for his belt, he's going to run through the whole roster by the time we get back to December, January. So, it's just, yeah, it's a weird way to go about it. Um, we'll see. We'll see what it leads to for him. And then the stadium stampede batch to wrap everything up. Uh, it was listed here officially as 34 minutes. I thought it was 40 minutes.
2: Ah, whatever. I enjoyed every yeah. minute of it. From the entrances. I thought it was really good. No, from the entrances. Listen. I keep saying this. Sammy Guevara is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yo, getting chased by the horse is hilarious. <laughs> yo, he took the one-wing angel bump. He got chased with the horses. Like, there was a spot where he thought he was going to win, and, like, the sprinklers. Like, yo, he's – and he's so young. But he is, the like, like, the diamond in the rough. I know whenever they put him in the inner circle, people are like, Why him? And then, like, I remember watching him work in PWG. I was like, he's got great work, but he's not much of a character. He's figured this shit out. He's, he's great. He's a better character than a worker now. And he, that's saying something. No, he's great. There were so many great things in this match. Like, the Matt Hardy thing, I thought, was just hilarious. They brought Matt Hardy version 2.0, and he cut the 2.0 promo. Like, that was hilarious. Um, Santana, was it Santana or was it Ortiz? Did the old uh, SmackDown versus Raw Irish whip into the backstage area? Yeah, yo, I was like when I saw it because I like I was off of Twitter because I didn't want to get spoiled for me because I did watch it after everybody else did. I didn't want to go out because I was like, did anybody just see what he did? Like this was a video game spot. He Irish whipped him into the backstage area. <laughs> I, I laughed out yo. loud. Santana Ortiz are also phenomenal
1: as well. I can't wait till they get oh, a real yeah. push. The spot with Hardy was great. Pointing and acknowledging the graphic is so funny. And look, like
2: there was so much good stuff in this match. I uh, I want to mention again, where Paige and Hager were at the bar, and the buckshot that Paige hit Hager with off of Kenny Omega's back was unbelievable. (laughs) That was such a great spot. Hager's like wiping the bar with Paige. Like there was so much good shit in this match. I'll say it again. Sammy Guevara was the one who ate the hundred yard. Northern light suplex, that was ridiculous. Jericho beating up uh, like the 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 mascot. Like this match delivered on all accounts. It was a Jericho challenging, challenging, oh, the pit. yeah, challenging <laughs> Aubrey. What is this shit? Like yo, this match was because it was there was nothing like it. Like you, no, if no. you want to compare it to other, it was funny. It was funny, but it was fun and it didn't feel like it wasn't. It was ridiculous, but it was not over-the-top ridiculous. Like, it was just legitimately a fun match. Like, I feel like I could show that to somebody who doesn't really watch pro wrestling, and they could find the humor in it.
1: It wasn't, like, just But then the Easter eggs are what makes it. Yeah. Right? Like, you mentioned the Irish whip. That's an Easter egg if you're a super crazy, deep wrestling fan who loves video games. There was a... I think there was an Alex Shelley, like, dance moment.
2: There was... Yeah. Um... Uh, like, Alex Wright. Yes. Was the,
1: uh, Alex Wright, excuse me. Matt Jackson. Alex did Wright that after, he, after he spiked Sammy Guevara. <laughs> Sammy Guevara. style in the head zone. Uh, so he scored the touchdown with him with the Northern Lights and it spiked him. Oh, man. So there was the Alex Wright dance spot. There was, yeah, um, just so much little things in there just, just hidden throughout the match that you could watch it three times and probably catch new stuff every single time. Yeah, I'm going to watch it again. it was fun. It was fun. It was funny. It was a really good match. People going to the deep end, it was like the greatest match I've ever seen. Stop. It wasn't even, to me, it doesn't even ring off like a match. Like like you said it, it's in its own class. It's different. You can't compare this to, you know, the New Japan main event five-star matches. You can't compare it to um, just some of the more technical NXT matches, all this stuff. No, it was different, but it was so fun. Like it is the best of its genre, and that's okay. It, it's like character rappers. Yeah. Like, is that shit real hip hop? No, but I'm alright with some songs. Some songs are also dope and really good. Like, uh, what's the, I I like college shit. Asher Roth who's actually a good, was a rapper, like, good rapper. But that shit was hokey. I don't like the Macklemore stupid fucking thrift store song. But it hit, like, you know, it's a different, it's a whole different category within itself. So I think this is what that is. From It was really fun. It was a good match. I thought everyone left looking good.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think they can Sam, go back and- Sammy you know, ate
1: another pin. Doesn't even matter.
2: No, just a ton of fun. That's, that's what this, this yeah. match was a ton of fun. And I mean, the way this year is going because of the pandemic and because we're not, you know, do Japan be virtually shut down, it'll end up in match of the year conversations. Oh, I think
1: so. It's, it's going to be hard well, for the gonna, dynamics to top it. I mean, you're not like, going to beat yeah, like, <laughs> You're not beating Oh, this yeah, year. that's true. I forgot it was this year. Yeah. No, it seems like it's in a different year, like. But pandemic and on, like, what's the best match outside of this? Uh, Owens Rollins? No. This this was... during the pandemic, Owens Rollins had the best match. Not better than this. No, outside of this. Oh, outside like of uh, this? before this, like if you had to think of yo, what's the best match we've seen like since March? Owens Rollins at Mania It's probably the best match I've, I've seen. I guess. <laughs> like it's and that's like Owens even, with the elbow and shit. Yeah, like, I
2: mean it was, it was cool. Yeah, I guess. I. I guess I mean, it's, it, there's there's not a lot here i feel like there might have been like an AEW match that was better i just can't
1: think of it right now yeah well that's tell you everything you need to know about
2: yeah it's just not, there hasn't but, uh, been a whole lot so you know
1: yeah so no i thought that was really fun and we'll see where they go from here so fighter fest should have its fun moments and they still got to work some stuff out in the title pictures and on top but the cinematic stuff the the comedy matches where the AEW match, uh what, two Wednesdays ago, where Samuel Guevara originally gets hit with the golf cart. Oh God, that was which like was an amazing fucking match. hilarious. <laughs> that, that was, that was, a was hilarious. Real fun match. So you, you look at that like these comedy style matches, they've got these down to a T. Yeah. They
2: know. These are funny. They know. Yeah.
1: So this is what they do. So I, I like that and Well, we'll see how it goes on. Um, That's our show for today. Oh, wait. Before you you say that's
2: our show today, I want people to think about this real quick. There was a time. Deep dive. Yeah. There was a time that I've talked about in this show, and i talked about this before, after everything happened, when the New Day pitched to challenge the Elite at Wrestle Kingdom. Just imagine, if you will, what this match would look like today if they did it in AEW with the Elite and the New Day and the shenanigans that they could pull off. That would be amazing.
1: I mean, listen—they're both from Florida, right? Like during the quarantine. Like fuck it, just do it. Just let's do get, it. Don't don't tell anybody. Just do it on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, let's get let's get weird. Yeah, being the elite this week, I guess Marty Skrull is in it. Hey. randomly popped up in the background. You know what? Fuck it. What it? What are they gonna do? Fire the new day? This is what we're beginning to ask. Like yo, if you just randomly went and did a five-minute match on being the elite. 10-15 minute match. Just some funny, cool shit. What are they going to do? I mean, they might they might actually fire you. Or punish you. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they not going to fire tag team champions. Number one merch yeah. sellers in the company. You got to be careful. Uh, don't, don't put anything past And let you go Vince. by yourself, Tater. No,
2: don't put anything past
1: Vince. You can't he'll let be those kind of
2: floodgates open. You can't.
1: No, he'll, he'll go back. You'll be buried for a second. But it'd be amazing. So, no, yeah, that's, that's funny. I would love to see that. Um, make sure you guys follow us on Twitter though, at corner podcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. You guys can ponder that shout out to the sponsors, blue wire, blue Chew, everyone else involved. shout out to you guys as well. We'll be back later on in the week, talking boxing, MMA, and some more pop culture topics. So we got you two shows this week until then though, we're out. Peace.